to have you on, and I hope, uh, other than last night, having to watch that uh, ooh, that relay, which we'll talk about in a minute, it's been a, it's been a really fun Olympics. Are you, um, are you, do you miss being there when you're not there, or is it kind of fun to watch it on TV? Well, actually, I see a lot more watching on TV. Now, if when you're there, uh, 99% of the time I'm at the warm-up track, and I may can see some of it on the big screen, but uh, uh, I usually would get in the stadium, maybe see the race before my athlete would compete, and I would stay in and maybe watch a race after that. And that was about all I would see. And then uh, not knowing really what was going on with the other sports, basketball or swimming or whatever. So, yeah, I kind of enjoy being able to, to, to watch it on television and see all the different sports. All right, let's get right to it. The uh, the relays, um, you know, did not work out again for the Americans, not even making the final, which is just right. really unheard of. And, Coach Hart, we've seen the baton dropped, and we've seen some issues with the passes. Um, I, I know for everybody it has to be extremely frustrating, but especially somebody like you who's coached a lot of these sprinters who have been in these relays. Um Coach Hart, I mean, I joked last night on Twitter. I said Clyde Hart uh, could fix this in about five seconds. Uh, I, I am, uh, uh, but it, but it's it's it has to be so frustrating for for people like you who know how talented these sprinters are, but to continue to have this problem. Um, first of all, what do you think happened last night, and and do you buy into Carl Lewis's assertion that maybe? The, the these runners were even put in the wrong order. Well, I agree with Carl. I think that there were a lot of things that went wrong. Um, you know, I'm not there and I'm not the coach. I'm not trying to second guess, but I am frustrated because I cut my teeth on the sprint relay in college. Uh, you know, we, we actually tied the university of Texas at the Kansas relays uh, and both of us broke the world record. Uh, so uh, I love the relay. And we only had 20 yards to exchange the baton. They now have 33 yards. So that is really frustrating when we never, never ran out of our zone. We never made a miscue. And we had 13 less yards to make the exchange. Now, that's kind of ridiculous that they can't do it. And then my coaching career at Little Rock Central, uh, we won state every year in the sprint relay. And I don't know how many times in the Southwest Conference and Big 12 uh, our kids, uh, both men and women, were able to win it. So it's it's just like anything else. You got to practice it. You got to know what you're going to do. And placement of the athletes, man, is very important because some kids have the ability to run a curve better than other kids. Michael Johnson was an unbelievable curve runner. Uh, uh, you know, some kids are better running on the straightaway. Some kids are better starters. So you've got to know your personnel. But again. Basic fundamentals, I can go over to an elementary school and give me a couple afternoons, and I can have those kids passing the baton. It's not rocket science. Uh, you take good athletes like Baker is a good athlete, and uh, the uh, Curry kid is a great athlete. How they could get caught up in that situation to, do, to, to mess up that bad it's a matter that they didn't have their steps down know how many steps before you take off. Um, Carl mentioned they maybe were using the wrong hand. I couldn't analyze it that much, just watching it on TV. 
But I know this, that it can be done. I've coached international teams where we only had a couple of days uh, to, to get your team ready, and we still passed the baton and won. Uh, when it's unexcusable for one thing, that these kids weren't brought together in some kind of training situation prior to the Olympics. It's totally unforgivable. Other countries did that. We've always done that in the past. Why we just showed up over there opening ceremony time and try to grab some time to, to work on handoffs is, is, is unforgivable. I don't know who made that decision. Um, I would have to find that out. I have a good idea. But I know if I had been the head coach, I would have demanded that uh, my candidates to run on the 4 by one relay, if they couldn't report a week early, then they weren't going to be a candidate for the relay. I'd rather have a kid with a little less speed ability that can pass a baton because you're not going to get totally eliminated out. So I, I, that's a case of somebody dropped the ball. Uh, they should have been together. I know all the other Olympics, uh, 2004, 2008, all of them I've attended with athletes, we went to a, a training camp that was usually a week to 10 days long, and you could work on handoffs. You could do even a four-to-four relays worked on their handoffs. So it's unforgivable if you're so arrogant now that you think you can just step on the track and do that, but tell on the kids, okay, you take X number of steps and you wait till he hits the mark and you go. Well, how do I take the time? I'll just swing your hand back and take it. No, there's some basic things you've got to do, and uh, it's pretty simple. Oh, no, there's no – and the other thing, and I don't think many people are talking about this, we're putting all the blame on that bad handoff, and it was a terrible handoff, but that didn't lose the race. It, it certainly hurt us, but our anchor guy got the baton in position to easy to qualify, but we ran a sub. Now, why would you, in a, something as important of a gold medal, keep your top anchor man who'd run the 200 the night before to rest him when Canada – their kid won the 200. He anchored them and blew our anchor guy away. It makes no reason. So don't put the full blame on a bad handle. Somebody elected to run a substitute on the anchor, the most important spot, and that kid went all the way from second place to sixth place. So uh, that, that was the race right there. So anyhow, the guy that we held out to rest him, he's going to have a lot of rest on the flight back to the USA. <laughs> that is a great point. Clyde Hart, the legendary Baylor track and field coach, joining us on the Matt Mosley Show. If if you were just the four guys that were out there, um, did you think, and obviously you've been around Trayvon for, for many years now, Did you, uh, Bromel, did you think he was in the right spot to lead that off, or would he have been better in the anchor spot? What did you think about his placement in that relay? No, I think he was in the right spot. He, he's an excellent starter. I had no no uh, problem with that, and I think Fred is a is a good straightaway runner. But I'm kind of like Carl. I question uh, Baker even after he got the baton. Uh, he doesn't run the 200 that much, which requires you running a curve. So you wonder why they would put a kid running a position that's got to run a curve that mainly is a straightaway runner because he's primary 100 meter type kid. So I question that, but. That, to me, still didn't lose the race. You lost the race because you had the guy sitting in the stands that could have paid you in the finals and maybe got you a medal, maybe even won the thing. So, you know, let's talk, talk about the fact, why did that happen? Why did we take our top guy and have him sitting in the stand to rest when other teams didn't do that? 
Yeah, it is uh, remarkable. What what is when you when you teach this and when you've had to turn it around quickly the, the with the handoff, uh, Coach Hart? What is the what is the most important thing? I know you talked about getting your steps right and all those things are very important. But what is because we saw that handoff last night and it just obviously it just was very awkward and it looked unpracticed, which I guess it was. When it when, was. It, when it when it happens properly. What 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 are guys doing or, or women doing to make it happen? And, and and the teams that do it best, what are they what are they focused on doing? Well, l- looking at the the uh, picture that I've seen and also watching the race, two things happened. Two people made a mistake. The first mistake was obviously made by the outgoing runner Baker. He obviously left uh, too late. That and Fred ran up on him. So Fred made the second mistake. When that happens, you teach your kid, if you see the outgoing runner is leaving late and you're going to run up on him, don't just keep running full blast to get the oohs and ahs of the spectators. You've got to slow back up and make the exchange. So Fred actually, to me, made the biggest mistake. Baker made a bad mistake. He obviously didn't have his steps right. He let Fred get too close to him before he tried to take off and leave him. Or he did run at the right steps and didn't go out hard, went out at, say, half or three-quarter speed just to get what I say, get a safe handoff. You don't get a safe handoff anyway but running full speed. Full speed is the only way you can get the right number of steps because you want that baton to keep moving. You want the outgoing runner to be at top speed when he gets the baton from the incoming runner. So Fred, when he saw that he was running up on Baker, he should have put on the brakes, slowed down, at least to make a clean exchange, and and it wouldn't have been near as bad. But when you're running up alongside somebody, that should never happen. Yeah, uh, talking to, to Coach Clyde Hart, the Baylor uh, legendary track and field coach. And, uh, Coach, that's, in, that's uh, great stuff. And, and I, I thought about you immediately last night, and I thought, I cannot believe – uh, this happened. Now, let me ask you this. I, I'm kind of curious. What, other than the track and field, which is your passion and your love for all these years, what's your what's your like second favorite Olympic uh, sport to watch? Do you get into the the diving at all, or or do you uh, when you're kind of obviously there's like four different stations well, we can watch. What else do you love watching? I, I like uh, the gymnastics. I think they're great. Uh, I think swimming is good, except the only thing about swimming that I'm concerned about, I think if you don't drown, you're going to get a medal. That uh, uh, they, They've got so many different races and so many things going that it's hard for me to keep involved in it. It just seems like it's gone on and on, every combination, every strange thing, relays. That uh, So I just believe if you keep, keep from getting drowned, you may get a medal in swimming. <laughs> I like the basketball. Uh, uh, I like just about all of it, except uh, I think I've seen so much of beach volleyball that I've got sand in my, you know what, from watching that. Uh, I'm kind of tired of that. I think that's going on. I, I, you know, they get to enter two teams, and they've got to lose at least a dozen times before they eliminate. So I, I don't know what's going on there. But, um uh, you know, I'm watching something now. I think I'm watching wrestling of some type. And uh, uh, I'm not into women's soccer because I don't really appreciate uh, uh, 
their patriotism at this moment. I'm not into that when they don't face the flag and they don't do some things. So I'm not I'm not into women's soccer. I may not be saying the politically correct things, mm-hmm. but that's just the way I am. I think that when they start uh, uh, honoring our flag, I'll start honoring them and watching them. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, and also, by the way, I, last night I got way into that um, shot put. And, and that's something you've had yeah. some – You've had some great people in that area. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think that young man went to the University of Texas, uh, Rouser, uh, who who won that. And you remember him competing there. The footwork, uh, Coach Hart, that they have is is at that size is remarkable to me. Is that? Uh, I mean, the, the combination of strength and and athleticism in that in that event is just really really something. I, when you were out recruit, when y'all recruit people like that, like what are you, what are you looking for? Is it more strength? Is it more athleticism? Is it both? What's the, what's, what's, what, what is, what drives that when you're, when you're looking for the next great shot putter? Well, of course, you you, you start off with what they're throwing in high school. Of course, that's a twelve pound shot as opposed to a sixteen. So you got to look at him and determine if he's going to grow a little bit. What's his size? But, again, you hit the nail on the head. Footwork is so important that uh, I remember that Jack Little, who was an offensive line coach at Bayer and had thrown the shot put at Texas A&M and was a good one. Uh, and Jack told me in recruiting football players in his position, first thing he would do would go to the, go to the discus ring and watch the footwork of those big guys if they could get around in that circle. And he knew they could be taught to, to play offensive uh, football and handle their footwork trying to, to keep blockers off of them. Uh, that was before the shot putters did the spin. So he was judging them by the spin they were doing in that discus ring, which is slightly bigger than a shot ring. Well, now the shot putters are spinning just like the discus soldier. As you remember, when your dad was, was competing uh, in track and field, uh, I would imagine throwing a shot. He was gliding across the ring, which re- requires some agility in itself. But now they're spinning in there to deliver that shot, and it makes it much tougher. Yeah, yeah, and 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 just the the overall. I I thought that was interesting, Coach Hart. That that the guy's wife was coaching him, and he'd go over there to the uh, stands. I mean, that's one way to make sure you get to bring your family with you, is to have uh have a you know have your wife uh, coach you. You know, well, yeah. That's that, you know, with your wife coaching you, you definitely don't want to make a wrong turn, or you're going to hear about it. <laughs> By the way, do you remember what your world record was? What was the time when y'all tied Texas? We what did, was the uh, it time? Was, it was a strange deal. It was at the Kansas Relays, and we had lost. Uh, uh, I was the fastest one on the team uh, at that time, and we were using a hurdler, Bobby Herod. It was a low hurdler and a great one. Raymond Vickery, uh, who passed away recently. Ray was a conference champion long jumper, but he was one of those kids that could outrun anybody on the curve. I wouldn't want to have raced him 100 around the curve. Ray could really run. And then we lost our our anchor man to a a broken bone at the very first meet of the year. Uh, Coach Patterson uh, would always try to to build up a lead, so he ran me second because he felt like he could put the pressure on the other teams if you got out in front. Maybe they would rush their handoffs and miss. But anyhow, we lost this kid, and we didn't have anybody, and we knew we had a great relay team. So Dale Schaffner, who Dale was a great football player, offensive, defensive, started on the basketball team, and he was playing baseball. So we approached Dale uh, to come out for track. We said, Dale, 
you can win some watches. We got a chance maybe to really do some great things. And you know, baseball, you're sitting on the bench half the time, and and you're you're, you're you're chewing and you're scratching and you're hitting, and that's about it. So c- come on out for track. And he did. And he came out, and we put him at anchor and said, "We'll get you a lead. Uh, you hang on to it." Well, you know, he was a big, tall, lanky kid. Never ran track. And he only got a couple of meets in before we went to the Kansas Relays. And we ran Texas, and it ended up a photo finish. Dale just didn't know to really lean at the tape. The Texas kid, being very experienced, did. But they still hit the finish line in a dead heat, and the officials called it a dead heat. They couldn't make a decision because it was a world record, 40.2. And uh, there was no photo timing in those days. And so – they said, well, it's a, it's a dead heat. We can't we can't decide between them. They both got the same time. However, since it's a world record, we've got to separate it. Well, a guy came forward from the local newspaper there uh, in Lawrence and said, well, I took a picture of it. I'll run down to the office, and I'll develop it. Y'all keep running to me. Well, we kept running, and we beat them in the next relay, the 4 by 2 relay. We beat them. And then about an hour later, after about two hours, they come back, make an announcement that after getting the picture, they had looked at it, and Texas got the win and got the world record, and they gave us time the world record. They said, both of you can't have the world record. So that was heartbreaking. About a year ago, I got sent that picture. I had never seen the picture. I got an original copy of it. And I can look at that thing today and still think we won the race. Now, you know, I'm not saying because it's the University of Texas, but let me tell you what. That the next week, where Texas, they they flew up to Des Moines, Iowa. We took a, a, a station wagon, drove on up to Des Moines to compete at the Drake Relays, which is a great, big meet also. And we beat Texas there in both relays. And we got watches, and they did and I never will forget, we left the stadium, and the Texas kids are coming out at the same time. They had shired, we had shired, and they're waving at us, and we're waving back, and they're waving their plane tickets. They're fixing to fly, and there we've got about a 12-, 14-hour drive back to Waco, and I never will forget, uh, uh, I think it was Ray Vickery. He had both his watches on the same arm, and he just raised up his arm and showed them those two watches, and I said, that, that uh, got back at them. So anyhow, and then we turned around and we beat them at the conference meet. So the only time they beat us was there at Kansas Relays, which I'm not sure they beat us. But uh, being the University of Texas, uh, you got to beat them by more than a foot to to get to count, I guess. So I don't know. Wow. Well, I I got I want to have a look uh, with my own eyes at that picture sometime, Coach Hart. Well, and, I've got uh, it. I'll show it to yeah. you. But anyhow, yeah. Dale Softner uh, was was a great athlete and. Uh, uh, if Dale had just known, it wouldn't have been a doubt. He could have leaned, but he was more straight up. But mm-hmm. it's uh, in the picture, it does look like they've hit it dead dead on. So you can go either which way. I imagine Texas kids would look at it and say they won. But it was heartbreaking when you had the exact same time, and then they lowered your time by a tenth to let you just tie the world record instead of breaking it. You know, before we talked, I was looking at a, a tribute to you uh, that John Morris had voiced from a couple of years ago, and I saw a picture of you and your track teammates. And those track uniforms or track warm-ups that you all had back then, I don't think Baylor's ever improved on. I mean, those were awesome looking. I don't know. They I may have been too hot, but they looked they looked great, 
Coach Hart. What I mean, did they look things, like? I can't remember which one we were in. Uh, they, it, it, it was kind of black and white photo, so it looked dark, though. I think they were green, but, what I mean, they that? looked sharp. Remember, well, it would have been your, your junior or senior year in college, whatever oh, that was. Oh, you're talking about when I was in school. Correct. Oh, okay. It yeah, had a picture of you guys. Yeah. They were. They, it, they were satin. Coach Patterson had designed them. They were, they, were, they were pretty neat. It was a green <laughs> that we're using today. Uh, thing. But let me tell you what I'm thinking about. You're talking about how quickly you can get a relay team. At the NCAA championships in Austin, Texas, where we ended up finishing third and the, the team finished, in the 4 for one relay, John Simpson, who's a football player and a, a really good sprinter, John had gotten injured and could not run. He was our anchor guy. And we didn't really have an alternate. We had, did not have another sprinter. So I thought, well, all we've got, we've got my quarter mile, we got Willie Caldwell. And so that night in the hotel, in the lobby, I'm sorry, in the hallway, we worked him out, taking the handoff from, uh, I forget who was running the third leg, and we worked right there and got his steps down, and he got out on the track, and we finished second at the NCAA meet. So that, that's how quickly you can do it uh, if you know what you're doing. John Simpson uh, from Ennis, Texas, as I recall. I believe he wore number 13, and uh, right. Grant used to send him on those fly patterns. And, boy, if John, if John got behind you, you were beat. You were not going to close on uh, yeah. John Simpson. He was, he was but, a legitimate 9-4 uh, type, 9-3 sprinter. He could, he could run. Uh, John was really, really good, and, uh, and Grant was really great about us uh, being able to, to use track kids, and, and that's changed over the air. Uh, you know, both times Grant won conference championships in 74, I had Bruce Davis and Gerald McNeil. That was a two wide out. They were, they were half. A, and, and those kids, we ran 39-10. Talking about Carl Lewis. Or that Carl Lewis was running for the University of Houston as a freshman. But I had three football players. I had Bruce, Gerald, McNeil, and a kid named Arthur McCullough. And I had a sophomore, Zeke Jefferson. They were all under the age 20, and we won the conference championship 39-10 in that relay, and that set a under-20 world record. And Carl Lewis was anchoring for the University of Houston. So, uh, uh, yeah, you, you can do it, but it's just really, like I say, they have 13 more yards to pass that baton without fouling. We had to do it at 20 yards, period. And that really puts you at the end of that zone. And we, we usually had a step left when we, when we got to the time. We had it timed that well. Mm-hmm. And we had just right there at the end of the zone. Now the, 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 they got so much room, I don't know what to do with it. Well, it's like a lot of other things. Something needs to be addressed. I mean, if, you're, if this is going to keep happening, I don't understand why the uh, Olympic Committee or whoever doesn't uh, – uh, the the U.S. Track Federation, they don't get together and uh, figure it out. But uh, I wish they would bring you in to counsel them. Uh, Coach Hart, it, it's uh, really fun to catch up with you. I, I appreciate you doing this and always love having you. And uh, hope you have a uh, hope you have a great uh, weekend coming up. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate always talking to you. And uh, uh, if I ever can help, just give me a call. All right, we will do it. There he is.